0: what's going on party people on this episode of the better fantasy bureau podcast we're here to discuss the changings in our rankings some players now that we have gone up a bit with with everything we've been learning about and some players we dropped on also talking about real quick with the diet with the diet wow the tight end and the defense this is starting off great all that and much more on this episode of the better fantasy bureau podcast all right brain you don't like me and i don't like you but well, let's just do this and i can get back to killing you with fear. You are now tuned into the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. Cast, cast. This place is an untapped resource. I love it! With your host, Flex with Liz. You almost think I'm pretty stupid.
1: I'm dangerous. I'm very, very dangerous. And Alex Marchetti.
0: Your voice is like a combination of Fergie and Jesus. For the everyday fantasy sports player. I would rather listen to Fran Drescher for eight hours. HELP!
1: Now I am going to teach some kids a lesson. you are a bunch of
0: fucking amateurs. And now on with the show, Party People. What's up, Party People? Welcome, 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 welcome to another fantastic episode of the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. I am your man, Fifty Grand Flex Hitless here, are my co-host, Lab in the Wreck. With much respect. Alex Marcutti, what's up, BFAs? I have been screwing up a lot so far in the start of this podcast. You know, it, ha- it happens, man. It, 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 it happens. It happens man. I don't know what's si vous okay. So Okay, you. so you're saying I sound French? You sound a little French to me, my right. friend. So you're saying when I mess up, I sound French? You're saying the French language is messed up. No, it's a
1: pretty, it's <laughs> no, a pretty I know, lounge. I'm just, I'm, a, I'm, a, uh, I'm we, messing we. with you,
0: Um, yeah, I was like trying to say the the tight end, like I was like, tight end and defenses, and then right now, because uh when we record this show, while the music's playing, we mute both our mics here on the soundboard, and then I started saying, what's up, buddy, and then it was still muted, <laughs> that's why if it sounds a little off, you'll see, I was like, oh my God, hard not to laugh, messing up a lot. It happens, man. It Try happens it. to the best of us. I had uh had a long night last night. A, a long night, but
1: when you when you off, often say long li- night, right, it's usually a bad
0: night. No. Was it a bad night? No, no, no. Long long well all right. Let, let let's let's reiterate there. It. it wasn't a bad night. A long night usually means like like a lot of like drinking, a lot of partying, which it wasn't like that. But it was a very eventful Tuesday, put it okay. that way. There you is. know, I was still home by like eleven o'clock. It wasn't like anything crazy, but it was still a very eventful Tuesday. So, shout out it was an eventful adult Tuesday cuz you got no, you no, to... no, 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 okay. no, no, that could be taken totally wrong. Don't scream at me, man. You just said an adult Tuesday. Like if I tell somebody we're going to play an adult game, what do you think that means? Exactly. It just sounds wrong. You're making it sound like some sort of other like What's stuff. that song like we're going to we're gonna open up the club on a Tuesday. What? That that no, that's you know not that open song? up the club. I know what you're talking about. It's not How open does it up go? the club. I'm not singing it right now. No. <laughs> I, but, but let's not take anything wrong by you saying an adult Tuesday. That just sounds weird. All right. That that could be taken very wrong. What first of all, shout out to Brew House Legends. Shout out to them. I popped up on my Instagram feed that they were giving away two VIP tickets. To see the fantasy focused football show last night in the Hard Rock Cafe in Times Square, the live taping of the show with Matthew Berry, Field Yates, Daniel Dopp, Mike Clay, Stefania Bell, the whole crew. And I I, I put my, you know, my name in the hat. It was basically you got to follow them on Instagram, follow them on Facebook, and then see then I click a link to go check out their websites every now and then after, you know, some time delays. And I ended up winning. I ended up winning the raffle. I never win stuff like that. So excited It was It is exciting How often do you win a raffle? It was like a little kid How often do you win a raffle? Not so often. Exactly. So it doesn't matter what you win. If, as long as you, well, maybe, but still, you won. You know what I mean? So I won it, uh, and I've always wanted to go to one of these shows. And, of course, I went with my BFB gear, which uh, the shop I'm still working on for putting on the website. Good time to plug in the website, www.betterfantasybureau.com. Check that out. And also follow us. On Instagram and Twitter at BFB Podcast. Good time to plug that in. So uh, I ended up winning those tickets, right? It was awesome. I got there, get a free round of drinks with you know with the tickets that I won. I got a, you know, like a little photo booth session. I got to take pictures with everybody. I got free food, you know, the a beer. I didn't get the bu- I paid for the bucket of beer. I got one round of drinks. Okay. So I got one beer first, you know, and then I bought a bucket of beer for me and shout out to John Riley who came with me. It, and like I said, the show was a lot of fun. It was actually a lot funnier than I expected to be. I'm going to be 100% honest. I didn't think it was going to be all that fun. It was a lot funnier than I expected to be. There was jokes cracked that I thought or better. It was funny to hear Matthew Berry curse. There was a guy there that went with the, 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 the Infinity Gauntlet from Thanos and Matthew Berry being in the movie and all. Matthew Berry took it, and then he ended up... Clo- and it's like the fingers could close. He ended up closing all the fingers to flip the bird to everybody. I got a great picture of that. At the end, when I walk, walked on stage and took a picture with the whole crew, and I'm walking away, and Matthew Berry's like, nope, 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 wait, come back, come back. I need that picture. I need that picture because I showed him the picture. <laughs> and then Daniel jo- Daniel Dopp ended up air-dropping it to his phone. Uh, it was cool. Like Even at one point, it was great because... There was no assigned seats. You could, you, know, you could sit wherever your bracelet allows you in the sections. You know, there's different sections. So our bracelet allowed us to sit, like, right on the ground floor. And, I, you know, John, John Riley and I, we sat down. The seat next to me it was empty. Thank God. Great. So, you know, I had more, more space. Then Matthew Barry comes into the stage, and he sits right next to me. Ton of BFB exposure. Ton of exposure on the shirt. You know, a lot of people. Really nice. Yes. So it was, uh, anyway, it was really cool. Uh, I had a really, really good time. And it was just uh, it was a lot of fun. How how was the turnout? It was packed. The was whole packed. the whole place was packed. The entire place was literally packed. The the line was literally out the door. Wow. Yeah, it was a really 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 good turnout. Uh, it was a really fun event, and I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to going next year. Hopefully, I get to win them again. But if I don't, I'll still uh, I, I'd pay for the tickets for next year. I had to pay for it. Yeah, I had a really good time. I'm telling you, it was a lot of fun. Any good inputs? Well, well, they mainly talked about uh, the Jets and the Giants. Mainly, uh, it's so so much as far as maybe inputs go, not so much, but there was a couple of like bets made that were like, uh, Matthew Berry believes that David Johnson is going to outperform Le'Veon Bell and feel the eight feels differently. Which one do you agree with? I agree with uh, Matthew Berry. So, you think David Johnson will, I think that Le'Veon Bell is going to outperform David Johnson this year. So, with that being said, stuff like that, like even Matthew Berry bet that his Washington Redskins and Daniel Dobb's Detroit Lions are going to have more wins than Stefania Bell's 49ers. Do you think that that's that, that'd be the case? I think the 49ers, 49ers will have more wins than
1: either the Lions or the Redskins. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Or, 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 or did they say this combined?
0: Obviously, <laughs> it's not combined.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. I, I believe the Niners are going to do good, you know. I think I think <laughs> all, all in all, you know, last season with Jimmy G out like
0: Pretty much the whole season, uh, they they ranked in the middle of the pack in offense. You know, they were they were ranking on Savanna Bell because of uh, Jimmy G's performance. Her being a big Niners fan herself. Okay, but no, I know I know what you mean. I, I agree with that. I think the Forty Nine ers are going to have a better record than either the Redskins it, it, or it the is a Lions. tough division though.
1: That's the yeah, thing.
0: but still I think the record wise will have a better record than the Lions or because Lions are in a tough division as well, and the Redskins not so much, but still, um, yep. still so um. Yeah, it was a lot of fun last night. Once again, I want to shout them out. Shout out Brew House Legends. Find them on Instagram. Uh, thank you so much for the for the tickets. I really, really, really appreciate that. That was awesome that I won that, and I want to shout you guys out. Shout out to Brew House Legends. Check them out. There was a cool in the swag bags, too. Uh, so Brew House Legends, obviously, they make, you know, beers and, like, and, you know, snacks to have, and they gave, like, like some of the snacks in the swag bag that they gave out. It's pretty good. I liked a lot. It was actually pretty, pretty good. So I got, now I'm going to go and check out their, their craft beers that they have. All right. So, uh, yeah, shout out to them. Let's get into it. Uh, let's start talking about the change in the rankings. That's the episode for today. Uh, like I said, I messed that up explaining it earlier, but we're changing rankings. People now that were a little bit up on people that were a little bit down on, um, like, here's a really easy you know, and then we're going to talk about tight ends and defenses after that. But here's like a really easy one. Obviously, we're both up on, and I'm sure this is something that's obvious reasons why. And we're both definitely up on Josh Gordon, doy, right? Yes. Yeah, but that's, of but see what I mean? Like, now from like different things that we're learning, different things we're seeing throughout the rest of the, you know, like we're, we're ready into the week three of the preseason, things we're learning about. We're almost, you know, we only have, you know, we're, we're like, what, 20 or 18 days away from the regular season that starts. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's coming up. So, now, a little bit of our change in rankings because a lot of drafts have been completed, a lot of drafts to keep coming. So, you know, and I keep getting questions about what do people feel about this and that and a third. So, people were up on, people were down on. Josh Gordon, we're both up on. Who else is changing the rankings for you? So, I was doing, you know,
1: an interesting article came out on NFL.com on Coach Trends. And, you know, I did some reading on it. And this made me kind of like, this persuaded me to. Pump the brakes on a player Like you know Just kind of like Curb the player Right yeah And the player that I'm Kind of like Not going to be going for Is One of the wide receivers
0: Of the Minnesota Vikings Okay Okay. See but this is is why Can you think of which player I'm thinking about Adam Thielen Adam Thielen. See, this is why this show is good, because obviously we had a wide receiver show. We talked about wide receivers. We talked about all these other players before. But it's, you know, we learned things along that changes our mind a little bit. And that maybe we're a little more down on them. Like, you know, you you said you're a little more down on Alan Thielen now, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. So so go on about why. Yeah.
1: So I was reading up uh, the offensive coordinators, Kevin Stefanski. Uh, What a name. (laughs) Stefanski. What a
0: name. Hire him
1: based on name alone. It, it's, it suits uh, the region of Minnesota. I think you know it goes with
0: a lot of people's names out over there. But uh, anyway, by the assumption, I I know <laughs> one person from Minnesota. Actually, believe it or not, I know one person that's from out there. Uh, I'll have to hit him up and see if that's if that's a name that's common within the region. <laughs> Go check it out. It, um, it sounds like a wintry name. Yeah.
1: Right? <laughs> he, 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 well, anyway, so the quarterback, Kirk Cousins, he threw the ball fifty-two percent of the times. And, you know, he, he had a good uh, last three games with uh, the, the new offensive coordinator who, uh, you know, Kevin, Kevin, I mean, Kirk Cousins had 600 yards with six touchdowns. Now, the trend here is, you know, Dalvin Cook had a lot of usage, right? That's why a lot of people are high on Dalvin Cook. But if you look at the wide receivers, it, it changed as far as where the targets were going. And it was heavily directed to Stefan Diggs in those last three games. He was averaging seven point seven targets per, uh, per game, compared to Adam Thielen, who only had four per game. And if you look at the rank, the you know where they ranked the last three games, Adam Thielen, was the new offensive coordinator. Uh, after they got rid of John Di Filippo, yeah. After they got right, rid of uh, John DeFilippo, DeF- DeF- DeFilippo. <laughs> De Filippo, De Filippo, Filippo. There you go, perfect. D. Uh, I'm Italian, who, so I say it perfectly yeah, for me. De that's Filippo, why. Uh, who, who's now the office coordinator of the Jags. Adam Thielen, week fifteen, number seventy six, wide receiver. Yeah, I know. Week sixteen, number thirty. Numbers. Uh, week seventeen, the sixty one wide receiver.
0: Yeah, I you, you know how I desperately knew about him being week sixteen the th- that low because I had him on my team and my team drastically did bad that week and I had such a stacked team and it did really bad. But go on,
1: and then uh, Stephon Diggs uh, week six, uh, 15, he was ranked thirteen wide receiver uh, this week sixteen week sixteen fifty six wide receiver. And then week seventeen, week uh, the wide receiver fifteen for that week. Um, so, if you look at John D. Filippo, there you he, go, there you go. He he was throwing the ball a lot to Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs was was pretty much uh, he was ranked second. Meanwhile, Diggs was twelfth, in, 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 in with when uh, D. Filippo was uh, the the offensive coordinator. So it seems like, you know, obviously there's a new type of offensive scheme and maybe, uh, you know, a better, you know, the, the coach likes one of the wide receivers better, et cetera. So Diggs might be the one that outperforms Adam Thielen this season. And, you know, Adam Thielen might, you know, drop. Maybe he won't end up as, you know, a top 12 wide receiver. or You mean maybe. drop at the end of the year, not drop in
0: the overall rankings and selection. No, no, but just drop for you the overall personally. The, yeah,
1: so he's a, a player that I'm I'm not going to be targeting. I'll target Diggs over him, who's who Diggs is going around later. So I'd rather just wait for Diggs if that's the case, you know.
0: No, I get it. It's it's, it's a good point that you make. I mean, uh, just to reiterate, too, about that week 15. I mean, look, look, look I had a 14-team league. and I had such a stacked team. And look at, like, Andrew Luck, Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones, T.Y. Hilton, Evan Ingram, Adam Thielen last year. Like, that for a 14-team league, that was stacked. That Granted, was Adam Thielen was my keeper. But, of course, week 15, how I lose with Adam Thielen with two receptions for 19 yards only. Saquon Barkley with only a total of 9.1 points. Aaron Jones with only a total of eight yards because he got hurt. Andrew Luck not throwing a touchdown. Like anything that can't go wrong went wrong for me in week fifteen, and that's how I ended up losing terribly. Uh, it was a favorite to win it, but you know it is what it is. That's fantasy. Um, so, so no, it's, it's all good points. I mean, I I still like Adam Thielen, but I'm I'm not mad, especially with the points that you you know you're saying about picking Digs over him. I get it. Yeah, and and on the flip side, for
1: now that uh. DiFilippo is the offensive coordinator for the Jags. There has to be a wide receiver that, you know, it's obviously all of them are like undervalued right now that might, over, like,
0: not might, but most likely will overperform but, their ADP. Yeah, and that, you that, could that's get another reason. A big steal. That's you another know? reason why I was saying I was, uh, I was you know, I, I saw sleeper value in DD Westbrook because of the position that he's playing. Uh, we see a lot from the cancer reports. I'm seeing that DJ Shark is, uh, or Shark or whatever, or however you pronounce his name, he's, probably they're saying he's performed the best out of all the other whiteouts for the Jaguars. So we'll see how that, you know, it's interesting to keep up with that. We'll keep it the date the best we can, but it's saying DJ shark is performing the best out of everybody in the White House position there for the Jaguars. So, you know, he could definitely have some value. He's going undrafted. Uh, tomorrow we're doing a show about the best undrafted team, which is basically the players that are going undrafted that could have some value and some upside, especially yeah. if you're in, like, in a deeper league that goes a lot of deeper rounds. Basically anybody after an ADP of 16 rounds we're going to be looking at. And DJ Shark is definitely one of those guys that, you know, he could possibly show something. You know, not not somebody we recommend to definitely 100% draft, but this is for very deeper leagues and uh just people are not going drafted that you want to pay attention to, that you may find on the waiver wire and look at, you know, stuff like that. We'll do that tomorrow. Uh, and, yeah, but that's why I like D.D. D. Westbrook a lot, too. That's another reason. Uh, some player, a player that I'm up on, should I tell you something I'm up on or I'm down on? What do you want me to continue with? Let's go down and then up. Okay. So right, then if we go by that standard, you're going to be talking about only down players, and I'll talk about only up players. <laughs> no, <laughs> so, all right. So go, go uh, down. All right. I'll stick with it now. We'll stay with it down. All right. So, um. Down One guy that I'm down with And I know that you consider him a bust like, I don't Know what you're down with Like you're down to ride Oh stop No not at all You know that I'm down on we're I mean, going down oh. in my rankings Oh it's going <laughs> down On your rankings Let's go What's that
1: song It's going down I'm going down Yeah but
0: that's not a breakup song <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> It just popped in my head I'm not mad about it doggy Um Damian Williams, guy that I'm down on. I know you consider him a bust. Yes. You consider him a bust. I don't see him so much as like a bust, but I've dropped him in my rankings. It's still hard not to draft a guy like Damian Williams, but at the end of the day, you got to think about it. He's a good running back, but that's it. He's a good running back in one of the best offenses in the NFL. The biggest reason why I'm down on Damian Williams. This is the biggest reason. Now, we've been reading and we've seen a lot that Carlos Hyde, or somebody else that's been more down, you know, like he's been going down my rankings because of the fact that uh, his spot is in jeopardy right now, they're saying. They're saying that he might not even get a roster spot. I doubt that would be the case, but he might not even get a roster spot. But the reason about, the main reason why Carlos Hyde's spot's in jeopardy and why I'm going down on, you know, like, well, well, I mean, you know, Damian Williams going down is what I mean. I don't want you to start singing more songs over here. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, but why Damian Williams is dropping down on the rankings for me is because of the fact that Darwin Thompson is emerging more and more and more. We've mentioned, if you haven't heard our show about the sleepers, keepers, and weepers, listen up to that. I said, Darwin Thompson has keeper value. I am a keeper league. I am definitely targeting darwin thompson he's somebody that i'm targeting i may have to really really reach for darwin thompson if i think i'm gonna get him i may have to drastically reach for him because i just feel that he's gonna probably emerge as that guy in uh kansas city as a starting running back so um because of all that i mean you know like and he he did pretty well last year to, uh Damian Williams, after taking over after cream hunt, he had 14.7 points per game. I mean, the first game he took over, he only had five carries, so that brings his average down a lot. You know, you take down, take away that, his average goes way higher. Obviously, you take away the bad games, it goes average goes higher. But still, 14.7 uh, points per, you know, per game after he went down. It's not too bad. And I just feel like Darwin Thompson is going to outplay him. I think he's going to outplay him, and then Damian Williams is going to end up splitting with Darwin Thompson, and then next year, Darwin Thompson will be the starting back for that team, if not this year. So that's a big reason why he's been dropping down in my rankings for me. There are definitely other players that I will be taking over um Damian Williams. Like I will take Devontae Freeman, Carrion Johnson, uh Leonard Fournette, take them all over Damian Williams. Possibly, possibly even Josh Jacobs. I think Josh Jacobs might be the cutoff point. Or, you know, even after him because yeah, that might be that that might be it for me.
1: All right. Well, um I have, you know, to me, I think Damian Williams is too much of a value right now to draft him that early, you know, with a small sample size. And you know, I already said too this. much of a value. Yeah, like not not too much value. But I'm too saying too expensive. Too expensive. Okay. Sorry about that. All right. So yeah, he's too expensive for where he's going. With a small sample size that he had last season in his fifth season, as the current.
0: workhorse because he was ever really, you know he's been in a couple of teams but he's never really he the only workhorse had guy.
1: More than fifty rushes th- th- he hasn't had more than fifty rushes in a season. Right.
0: No, I get you it. Know, Same so, thing like why well, was you, I was down on Jerick McKinnon? You know. Yeah. All right. Well, I agree there. Uh, who's moving up for you, Dougie? Who's
1: moving up? No one's moving up for me right now. <laughs> uh no one's moved up in the rankings for you? Nobody? Well, I, Justice Hill. You know, I, I know you're a big um, Mark Ingram fan, but uh, I, I feel like Justice Hill is a guy, you know, he's going in the 12th round, but, you know, he, he, he he's going to be destined to be the workhorse in that, in that Baltimore Ravens offense. Mark Ingram last season only had two games with more than 15 rushes. I don't think with the the offensive scheme that the Ravens are going to be running because they're going to be running a lot, run heavy, you know. They're going to be having at least like 35 attempts a game. Let's say you give Lamar Jackson 10 and then Mark Ingram, what, 15? You know, there's there's still a good amount of 10. There's 10 more touches still there. And you're going to see Justice Hill perform. He's a guy that, uh you know – I, he's, he's jumping up. I see him every time I'm doing a mock draft that I keep on reaching for him and I feel like he's going to do good.
0: Yeah, I, I totally disagree so 100% I, <laughs> I don't know I don't know what Justin Hill has done that has made him go up in the rankings for you. I think for you it's just more of a gut feeling thing that you just think that this rookie's going to just do good. At the end of the day, if it's 35 touches and it's 15 that goes to Lamar Ingram and 10 that goes to Lamar Jackson and it's 10 left over, I don't want a running back is going to do just 10 touches a game. Meanwhile, Mark Ingram only touched, had
1: more than 15 touches two times last season.
0: First of all, Mark Ingram had to share the ball with the great Alvin Kamara. Justice Hill is not Alvin Kamara. Now Mark Ingram has to share the ball with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. That's that, that's it. Those are their two running no. backs. Their two running backs are no. Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram. No, and yes. Justice Hill is going to no, be. No, he's not. He's not going to be involved enough to have any kind of significance in fantasy football this year. None. Do not take Justice Hill. Please take him. No, don't. I would have been. I would have. I would have been happy if you said you were up more on Tony Pollard because of the fact that this whole um, Zeke situation is still like hurting Tony Pollard Because before at the beginning of the season, we didn't know who the clear-cut guy was. Was it Tony Pollard? Was it uh, Alfred Morris? Was it There's another guy that's in there in the background, Malcolm something. I think
1: if you look at Mark Ingram's efficiency, he they're talking about true yards per carry. He's ranked number twenty-five. Production premium. 37. Yards per touch, number 27. Break Breakaway
0: runs, number 26. He's nowhere ranking as... This is all we're sharing with Kamara. Now he is the main guy. The only person he's going to share with is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson runs the ball way too much to allow two other running backs to shine in an offense. I'm looking at pure carry basis.
1: Share carry basis, so you're saying, oh, because he was sharing the rock with
0: Kamara, he didn't have the rhythm. That's that's your argument. No, it's not the end of the rhythm. Is that he just didn't have he didn't have like enough chances or at all. Like that's you know I mean he didn't have he still did good with the chances that he had. Nah, well
1: I I, I feel like you know he he's you're talking about aging running back with uh, a team that's gonna be running the ball a lot. I don't think. I think he's going to be capped as far as
0: his. I just, I just, I just feel you know what it is. I feel, I feel you just think too much. That the team's going to run the ball a lot, and you feel like that ball is going to be run by running backs. It is not Lamar Jackson in himself is a running back. Lamar Jackson in himself is going to run the ball probably ten to fifteen times a game. I just feel that like you think that oh they're going to run a lot. They're going to run a lot. Yeah, because Lamar Jackson is going to do a lot of the running. Same thing with the Seahawks. The Seahawks were the most run heavy team out there, and then still. Still, still uh, Russell Wilson found to run the ball for over like well over 60 times. You know what I mean? Because Russell Wilson runs the ball a lot. Yeah. So it's, 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 I just think that you think that it's going to be run by running backs and that is not going to be the case. So right. that, that's why I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a hundred percent against the Justice Hill thing. All right. Uh, another guy that I'm moving up on a little bit, uh, and this has a lot to do actually with you, Marquette, and the, the points that you were making the other day is Evan Ingram. Uh, you made a lot of good points about Evan Ingram, and because of the points that you were making, I'm, you know, I was always, I'm, I'm moving up on Evan Ingram. I always saw Evan Ingram as like, a, like a more or less, like he was around like my fifth and sixth tight end, right? Yeah. But it was true that also with Matthew Barry said yesterday, just find Bell, they were talking so much. Oh, about- so they had to convince you, not me. What did I just say? <laughs> Not a show. What did I just say? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, I just <laughs> said because of you. And then it was true when Matthew Barry said to Stefania Bell when they were talking good about him. And then Stefania's talking a little bit, saying things I wasn't concerned about, the injuries, concerned about the drops. And it is true that Matthew Barry says you can't have him ranked as the top five tight end and then freaking just crap all over his value. And I was like, you know what? That's true, because Marchetti, you made some good points about him. So then Mark Ingram was a little bit more for me. And now I got him ranked as the fourth best tight end overall. Nice. After that strong trio that is, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, and George Kittle. Very Nice. So, yeah, Evan Ingram, somebody that's uh, changed in my rankings. I'm a little bit higher on him. I'm a little bit comfortable spending a higher pick on him. It's okay. I'm okay with taking him. If i got, like, two running backs, two wide receivers, I'm okay taking him in the fifth, sixth round. That's good. So, yeah. Another, another player I'm, I'm pretty high on is Tony Pollard. Oh, God,
1: I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> I like him. <laughs> I like him a lot. Why? He's looking good preseason, and Ezekiel Elliott might not play. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! And, and have you seen uh, what um what Mr. Jones uh said to uh, Ezekiel?
0: Zeke who? I saw.
1: You saw Ezekiel? Yeah, I saw. I saw. And then uh the agent. I don't know. Like he fought, he was offended by that. Uh, yeah, and he went Ezekiel. back to Cabo and.
0: <laughs> That's a mess over there. He, he saw it as an offensive thing, and then he had to go. Uh, Where would you take Tony Pollard now? 10th, 11th round? Mm-hmm. Tony Pollard should 100% be drafted in 100% of leagues. Um, He sh- he should definitely be, be drafted in 100% of leagues. So, like I said, one reason why I get about being high on Tony Pollard is because of the fact that before, a couple of weeks ago, we didn't know, we didn't have an idea about who the clear-cut guy would have been. Would it have been Alfred Morris, Mike Weber, Darius Jackson, you know, uh, or, or Tony Pollard? Like, we didn't know. It was between, like, those guys. Like, it was kind of a mess back there we didn't see. So Tony Pollard is somebody that is now emerging to be the starting guy, to be the main guy over there. So because of that is why I 100% get it about that. For the fact that, if, especially if you own Zeke, if you own Zeke, you have to grab Tony Pollard. So that's why Tony Pollard should be owned in 100% of leagues because Zeke is going to be owned in 100% of leagues. So you got it. He's still going to get drafted as a first-round guy, Zeke. It's dangerous. I get it. But if you get Zeke, you got to get Tony Pollard. Would you take
1: Tony Pollard over Peyton Barber? Yes. Over Carlos Hyde?
0: Yeah, of course. Adrian Peterson? Yes. Devin Singletary? No.
1: Ronald Jones?
0: Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, Ronald Jones is a bust. He's not a good running back. All right, good. All right, so like right, you, good. somewhere <laughs> between the ninth round, tenth round, tenth, yeah, ninth, tenth round, yeah, I'll take him around there. Um, I mean, I mean, as far as running backs goes, it depends what other wide receivers I would take over him. You know, players in general. Oh, but if you're looking if for a front, running, running back, right, yeah. let's say
1: you have Ezekiel Elliott, you have yeah, to go nah, nah. You probably go as early as eighth round. Together, I don't know about eighth, maybe ninth, but not. Yeah, I mean. I, I get it. Why? You know what I mean? But yeah, because yeah, in the eighth round, you know who's going Jordan Howard, Kareem Hunt and Kalen Balaj.
0: I'd rather have Royce, Kalen Balazs. Royce Freeman? I'd rather, I'd rather have, have Royce Freeman. I'd rather have and Royce rather, Kalen Balazs, definitely. With that being said, also Kalen is somebody I moved higher on because did Kenyon Drake somebody I moved lower on? I was never big on Kenyon Drake anyways. I have never owned a share of Kenyon Drake. I think I picked him up once when Jay Ajayi got hurt. And that's as far as it goes. Is it because of his last name? No, it has nothing to do with his last name, but that was actually pretty funny there. All right, <laughs> I get it. No, it has nothing to do with his last name. I'm not a Drake fan for everybody that knows. If anybody yeah. that doesn't know, I am not a fan of Drake's music. Kiki,
1: do you love
0: me? No, that, that was not an imitation. That was not, you know what?
1: You shut your mouth when you're talking to me.
0: Um, you're such a bully. <laughs> uh, And another player that I've moved down my, oh, this pains for me to say this, this Other the guy that's moved down to my rankings. It pains a lot for me to say this. T.Y. Hilton. He's moved down a couple of spots for me, T.Y. Hilton, and it all has to do with the Andrew Luck situation, who has also dramatically moved down in the rankings. Yeah, But, you know, we talked about that uh, yesterday in our quarterback show, but yeah, T.Y. Hilton is somebody that has moved down for me in the rankings. Dramatically down. Not, no. dr- excuse me, not dramatically, but a couple of steps down. Now, if he moves down,
1: obviously, T.Y. and Andrew Luck, if they're both moving down, you know, one moves down, the other one. Yeah, it has to move down. And you know
0: what it is? Because this is starting to seem a lot like what happened two years ago. It's very familiar. It was like, oh, it's no big deal. Oh, it's no big deal. OK, now it's a big deal. OK, now it's something serious. Oh, he's going to play. Oh, he's going to play. Uh, No, he didn't play the entire season. You know what I mean? Like, it was always such an annoying thing to know if Andrew Luck was going to play or not two seasons ago. And he did not. So, if you know, when Andrew Luck with his thing going down, with his uh rankings going down, then T.Y. Hilton's got to go down because Hilton does not perform as well when Luck is not around. He still does good, just not as good, you know? Yeah. All right, so let's move on. Let's talk about, uh, right? We're moving on, or you got something else to talk about? No. Nah. We're good. All right, so let's move on and talk about somebody uh, in the tight end's position. Uh, we don't really have to tell you about uh, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Zach Ertz. How do you have those three ranked, by the way? I have, I have George Kittle number two. You know who's number
1: one, so I don't have to yeah. say Kelsey, and Ertz I have number three. But I'll be hesitant. Uh, he, he to me, he costs too so much for where he's going. Third round. Yeah. Excuse me. <sighs> He's go, he's he's too much because uh, you also have to think about last season he was playing with Nick Foles and Nick Foles was targeting him very heavy, so um, I don't know if he's gonna get the same amount of targets as last season to, in this season with Carson Wentz. So for where he's going in third round, I think it's a little bit too pricey. I'd rather take my chances with like a Evan Engram, like you know what I you know I mentioned before.
0: And, or, you know, O.J. Howard, who are going in the later rounds. Now, so, uh, right around the they're not they're all going pretty close to each other. O.J. Howard's going around 5, 7th f- pick in the 5th round, Engram's going 10th pick in the 5th, and then Hunter Henry's going 5th pick in the 6th. Yeah. So they're all going, you know, with, remotely close around, like towards the end of the 5th, beginning of the 6th round, like all three of them. How do you have those three ranked? I have Engram number
1: 4, O.J. Howard number 5, and I have... Um,
0: Hunter Henry sixth. So I got Ingram fourth, Henry sixth, and I got. I have uh. Will you Howard, have five Fifth Fifth, no. And Henry Henry fifth, fifth. Sorry. Okay. Henry fifth and Howard uh sixth. I just think because of the rapport, the great rapport, and what we've seen before with uh Philip Rivers having Antonio Gates, I just think Hunter Henry's another very very good tight end that Antonio that that Philip Rivers will also love in the red zone, and he's gonna hit him in the red zone a lot. O.J., I mean, Hunter Henry has been hurt, and it's been scary about because of the fact he's been hurt. Same thing with O.J. Howard, though. He's also been hurt. The thing is with O.J. Howard, that makes me a little more down. Like I said, I'm not a big believer in Jameis Winston, fantasy-wise at least, not real-life football-wise. Real-life football-wise, I don't think he's all that terrible, but I'm also nervous because Cameron Brait is still there. Is he a huge threat to O.J. Howard's value? I don't Absolutely think so. not. Absolutely not. But he's still there. You know what I mean? He's still a guy that could take away those one to one to like five touchdowns away from Jordan from O.J. Howard. Yeah. You know what I mean? So because because of that I still have you know I don't feel that he's going to be a big big threat. That's why O.J. Howard is still in my top 10. But Cameron Brait is not a slouch. Cameron Brait, you know, uh if if anything happens O.J. Howard, he's the main guy of course. He moves up, but um because he's still there is why I I have O.J. Howard less than Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry has no other tight end that's fending for his position. And I think he's going to be a big red zone guy. Unless Antonio Gates comes back from retirement. Which is not happening. but
1: It has happened.
0: That's not happening this year. But uh, <laughs> and it's not going to, you know, take away anything. But I just feel like, you know, like uh, on the Chargers, as far as pass catchers, the best one they have is Keenan Allen. I see Henry as a second option. Mike Williams is also very good, but I think Hunter Henry is going to be the second option on that. O.J. Howard, at best, at best, is going to be the third option. At best, third
1: option, red zone is going to be a 50-50, maybe with uh, Mike Evans. Mike Evans, Hunt- he's a
0: really, really tall, big tight end. I yeah, mean, wide Hunt- receiver, excuse me. Uh,
1: where I see the upside with Hunter Henry is the touchdown, the end zone targets. He's definitely going to be the guy, you know, we, we have seen with Rivers and Antonio Gage, he loves his tight ends, especially in the red zone. Or even in the third downs as a safety right. valve. So you, you know if Hunter Henry is healthy and you know had, you know he, he already played a couple seasons with Philip Rivers. There's there's a chance there's a chance that he could and br- even break the top three tight ends. You know, but you know we have to see it
0: first. No, I get it. I just I just believe in Hunter Henry's talents. Uh, <clears throat> but because of these significant these small differences, they have a better offense over there in, in, in with the Chargers. They have a better quarterback with the Chargers. I think I like Philip Rivers more than I like uh, James Winston, both in real life football and fantasy football. Um, he has he's the second best target on that team. Hunter Henry, depending on Melvin Gordon comes back, you know, and OJ Howard at best is the third best option on that team. So these are why this is why I am uh, for these little small reasons is why I have Hunter Henry ranked one spot over OJ Howard for me. Boom. Uh, the next three, Jared Cook, Vance McDonald, and Eric Ebron. Where do you have between these three ranked? By the way, we're going by all our rankings over here on FantasyFootballCalculator.com.
1: I have to have number seven, Vance McDonald, just because of the opportunities on the targets.
0: I'll put Jared Cook right after that, and then Eric Ebron. Sorry, sorry, just to reiterate something. I mean, you apologize for that, but just saying it's not so much these are not so much the rankings. These are just the ADPs. These are where they're being taken. This is what we go by fancy football calculator. It's not that they're ranked higher. These on the average draft position who are being taken higher. Yeah. This is what we mean. So um, you know, when we're talking about we would take these players over. Like I have Hunter Henry ranked over O. J. Howard, and I would take him over O. J. Howard. Like right now, Travis Kelsey is the number one tight end because he's being taken the highest out of all the other tight ends. So that's how a fantasy football calculator works. It works by who's taking what where, not who is ranked where. Yeah. And that's to, so we're clear about that. I, you know, I don't want to make it seem like we're doing by rankings by that, you know. so no, Yeah, no, like if
1: I'm in the sixth, and like in the seventh round right now, you have Eric Ebron, who's going at the beginning of the eighth, and Jared Cook that's going at the end of the sixth, right? And you have Vance McDonald in the middle. So Seventh, yeah. Yeah, in the middle of the seventh. So I these are... Three tight ends that, if I have to select, if I'm over here want to select a tight end, the one I'll select will be Vance McDonald, out of the three. One of the reasons, you know, mentioned in episodes before, is the targets, the amount of targets that has been voided with not having uh, Antonio Brown. Brown there. You know, so Vance McDonald, he's the one that moves up for me that I'll I'll, I'll, t- I'll select over these three. Then after that will be Jared Cook, with the Saints. And Eric Ebron will be the last one that I'll select. Sure. I, I don't think I'll be selecting Eric, Eric Ebron, but if I have to select, you know, he'll be the third one. Eric Ebron option.
0: does move down, especially with the whole uh, Andrew Luck situation. Yes. And, then of course, you'd expect some touchdown regression, of course, and that that's easy to say. Um, Jacoby which, Brissett Jack is Jack Doyle in there, too. So. Yeah, Jack Doyle. I mean, I still like Eric Ebron because I just seen, it just, it's just look at it this way. Dave, he wasn't used right in the Lions. You know, he leaves Detroit. One year, and he just shines over there in Indianapolis. So, I just still think that the format and the system over there is still going to utilize him well. That's why I still have him as a top ten. Um, I have Vance McDonald, Ebron, Dencock for those three. Like, that's who I would take. I would definitely take Eric Ebron over Jared cook. Jared cook has been just through so many different teams has been so inconsistent in so many different ways. He was very good for the Raiders last year, but the Raiders didn't have many options in the saints. They got, they got a lot more options, you know, like Jared cook would be at best the third, the third, the third receiving option possibly behind Kamara and Michael Thomas. But, um, I, it's just with the age, he's one of those older, uh, tight ends. I, I rather take, a stab, I mean, I have him ranked higher. I I'm would. i more than likely not going to get any shares of Jared Cook because this is, this is where you look at the ADPs. If he's going around the sixth round right now, I'd rather take somebody else in the sixth round, and I'd rather take another older tight end that's going much later, somebody like a Delaney Walker or Jordan Reed, or even take a flyer on a younger tight end who seems to be the best pass-catching option for their team in Mark Andrews. I much rather take a chance with those guys. So, uh, over Jared Cook. I, I, I don't have him I don't have him still within the you know, my rankings I have him still outside the top ten, to be honest with you. But when it comes to these ADPs and where you're taking them, he's going at the end of the seventh round. If I'm if I don't get Vance McDonald around there and if I'm not gonna get Ebron in the next round, I'll just wait a couple more rounds and I'd rather even take Delaney Walker or Jordan Reed or Mark Andrews.
1: Do you know that the Saints have Four top seven finishes at the tight end position? Four. Out of yeah. how long? Well, you know, you exactly. have three You have three yeah. from Jimmy Graham. But look, your age is a factor with you selecting Jared Cook, who's 32 years old. But ben, Benjamin Watson in 2015, he ended up as a top seven tight end. Mm-hmm. So what? And he was hes 38 right now. That's four years he ago. Was, he was 35 when he did that. So what? All right. You know, so, you know, you're talking about Drew Brees, who I don't think he's. He
0: ended up as a top what tight end? Top seven. Top seven. Top okay. seven. They they still you don't we don't give you that much around there at that point. So I, I, I still don't believe I just I just don't. I just don't don't believe too much in Jared Cook. Jared Cook is, is just good. I don't think he's all that great and that's it. You know what I mean? I I just think that there's more upside and there's more safety with guys like Delaney Walker, more upside with Jordan Reed, and there's more upside with Mark Andrews. I don't think there's like the ceiling's too high for a guy like Jared Cook. I think the ceiling is higher for a guy like Mark Andrews. Okay. You know? Um then uh, David Njoku, Austin Hooper and TJ Hawkinson coming next. Uh for the love of god anybody, I'm saying do not especially in redraft leagues, dynasty I get it a little more, but in redraft leagues for the love of god, do not draft TJ Hawkinson. Do not he is, when we talk about our when I talk about my list <clears throat> next week, he's on my do not buy list. Do not buy shares in TJ Hawkinson. Okay, people are picking him as like their tight end one because he was the first tight end taken off the board. Rookie tight ends take a long time to develop. The only tight end that's had any significance within the past decade as a rookie is Everett Ingram, and that's because everybody else in the Giants died, all right? We lost Brandon Marshall. We lost Odell. We lost Sterling Shepard. He just had to be there, and he was played as a wide receiver because – we had no other options. We had to sign other free agent wide receivers. People, you know, people that didn't have a home. We had to sign them because we needed the other wide receivers because everybody kept getting hurt. Everybody kept getting hurt. That was the only reason that Evan Ingram had any significance in his rookie year. I think before that, the best one was like uh, Dwayne Allen or Jeremy Shockey, maybe. That was about it. It is very, very, very unlikely that a rookie tight end is any shows any kind of significance In the NFL, yeah, they're they're not really a plug and play type uh uh, type of
1: you know players or precision. You know, like the running backs is a plug and play because there's only very few routes that they run or like that, that. you know, that right, they run but, and I'm, they usually just rush the ball. Rookie, you
0: know? um, r- rookie running, running backs, backs have shown a significant inf- in, you know, impacts immediately in the NFL. Yeah. You know what I mean? But wide receivers and tight ends, especially tight ends, which especially t- tight ends.
1: they take a responsibility on blocking, protecting the quarterback. Yeah, That's one of the reasons why they don't make a, uh, an impact the first season. You know, you have to be, uh, <sighs> unless they use you on the outside,
0: like, you know, a, a jumbo wide receiver type. And I, I, I just think T.J. Hawkins' career is going to be very similar to what Eric Ebron was for that team. I just think he's going to be another Eric Ebron for that team. Just a big guy, maybe a little better player, better hands, but a big guy that's going to be blocked and catch a couple touchdowns here and there once in a while, but that's about it. I don't think he's going to have a significant role in the NFL with the Lions. The that's pr- what I believe. The tight end that I'll I'll be targeting around this this
1: this time will be Austin Hooper, not for nothing. I like Austin Hooper. You know, Austin Hooper last Probably season— Probably the fourth best option on the team. Yeah, Austin Hooper last season ended up as a tight end six. You know, and he, a lot of tight ends
0: died last year too. Ugh,
1: excuse me. Yeah, but you're talking about Dirk cutter. Uh, he loves to throw to his tight ends. You can see what he's done with the Tampa Bay, and even before that, when he was with the Falcons, he had uh, Tony Gonzalez. And and you know, season in, season out, you know, these tight ends were ending out as as a top ten tight end. Austin Hooper, like, who is he going to be competing with targets with? It's it's Calvin Ridley
0: and Julio Jones. And Devontae Freeman.
1: Yeah, in some... That's why I said, the fourth in, in, best in, target. In some capacity. No, you know?
0: he, yeah. Well, no, Devontae Freeman is going to be the more favorite pass catcher. Than and
1: he. if you're concerned with Julio Jones not catching the touchdowns and you expect Calvin Ridley to have a touchdown regression, right, from the season before... That's a good point. Then who's going to get those touchdowns? That's a good point. It'll be Austin Hooper.
0: I don't mind him with the uh, you know, if, if somewhere going around the tenth round, that's fine. You're not you're not really killing yourself there. I mean, obviously if you're taking him as your main tight end, you're not really killing yourself. I, I don't I don't mind him there. Yeah, I think it's a safe pick. You're you know, he I don't last, know about safe because he could also do nothing, but I like him. Well, if we looked at
1: our episode before how Matt Ryan Matt Ryan has a good season and a bad season. If this is his
0: bad season, then yeah. you know what? Just stay away from Austin Hooper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Possibly. Um but, yeah, so, you know, uh, David Njoku is another guy that, like, he's – there's a lot of mouths to feed over there, over there in in, uh, in Cleveland. So he's somebody – I listen, tight ends take a while to perform in the NFL. What is this, his third year, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so maybe this is a year that he starts to develop, do well. I mean, not for nothing, when Baker took over last year, he had a pretty good rapport with David Njoku. <clears throat> so that may continue to grow and flourish a little more this year, I mean, especially with a lot more attention being on Odell and Jarvis Landry. So He's going to be the
1: biggest target in the red zone. So where I see the upside is, you know, in the red zone, him getting touchdowns, and that's where it kind of could even out. And, you know, you, you could get a player at this value, which, you know, could end up as a top five tight end. I don't think he's going to end up as the top three, you know, tier one tight end, <clears throat> not not for nothing. But he's a, he's a guy that could end up as a tier two tight end, you know? so just because of the touchdown upside i don't see him getting volume compared to like Evan Engram or you know a Vance McDonald but you know uh if if you feel you know you feel confident with the brown's offense uh and there, you know then you'll see that there might be an upside with touchdowns then you know this is when you have an opportunity to grab him
0: um if you missed out on any of like uh these big name tight ends that we're going about because now we're getting to like the 12th round you know like I said Delaney Walker is not a terrible pick he's looking he pretty good in the preseason look at him in the preseason <laughs> have you seen his preseason games no I didn't. he's doing pretty good he's not looking bad in the preseason actually man he's look he looks pretty good I mean like I've been saying this for a while one of my favorite tight ends this year is Vance McDonald especially for him going around the seventh round it's a great pace to pick him and I think he's going to be a top three tight end that's you know my bold prediction but uh, he looks still good. Delaney Walker, you know, he's got safe hands that does that's a Tina doesn't have a great wide receiver core with Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys. Like it's not a very competitive wide receiver core. So I like Delaney Walker. So if you're, if you're going that late around the 12th round and you got 16 rounds and you, Delaney Walker, you, that means you add a lot of depth. You know, you have a lot of depth in running backs. You have a lot of depth in wide receivers. You probably got a good quarterback already. You know, you got a pretty stacked team, and you wanted to fill in that tight end position. And Somebody I think is probably going to get you, like, more or less about 8 to 12 points a game. That's fine with Delaney Walker. I think he'll give you those 8 to 12 points a game. You know, he's, he's still a trusted guy over there. Of course, you got to be worried about the injuries, but still. I think you have to handcuff another tight end or get another tight end. I don't think the case. so. I don't think so. But going on, so uh, Mark Andrews, I think, has a lot of upside. Uh, Jordan Reed, we're both not confident because of the fact of his injuries, but he's costing you a uh, a 13th round pick, which is nothing. So there's upside there, but there's also like a very, very low floor for Jordan Reed. Mark Andrews has been said to be the best offensive weapon for that team, basically. They say he's been the best playmaker, the best pass catcher in the camp. And they're saying that Hollywood Marquise Brown has a long way to go. The, you know, these are the reports coming out of training camp. So Mark Andrews, I think, is somebody that's going to do have a breakout season, you know, second year, and they got to pass it to somebody. Yeah, Greg Roman
1: likes his tight ends, uh, it, and Mark Andrews should benefit from this. Vernon Davis in 2011-2013 had two top eight finishes as a tight end under Roman, so with the San Francisco Niners. So, yes, you know, you, you have you have uh, a guy that has the upside, you know, Lamar Jackson is going to be limited with the wide receivers. Uh, Right. So, you know, he's definitely going to
0: look at a safety valve, and Mark Andrews could be that guy. Has an ADP of 13.06, so that's somebody with a lot of upside to go right there. Uh, Jimmy Graham, I'm staying away from. Greg Olson, I hate to say that I'm staying away from. I still think that uh, Cam Newton loves Greg Olson, but, you know, the passes are going to go to Christian McCaffrey. Depends on how, how long you can stay healthy. I doubt it's going to be that long. You know, he's aging already. He's breaking apart over there. But I, I've always been a fan of Greg Olson, though, so it is what it is. Uh, much rather take a flyer on Mark Andrews than any of these guys. Kyle, Kyle, uh, Kyle Rudolph, another one that's, you know, probably the fourth – or fifth best option on the team. Also, the emergence of Irv Smith. So to talk about some players that are going undrafted, just to give you some sneaky, sneaky, real sneaky tight ends, Like if, especially if you talk about handcuffing tight ends or you talk about tight ends, the Wave to get through it real quick. Guys that I really recommend, I recommend Will Disley, the tight end of the Seattle Seahawks, uh, somebody that's good to look there. Also, Irv Smith, rookie, but still might emerge, you know, take away some looks from, you know, I. you know. And they're of, using him in different positions, not only as a tight end. So he could be
1: that jumbo wide you know, like uh, how they use Evan Engram in, in a way. You know, so right, he he he, he is a monster. You know, yeah. if you look at his um, physical, you
0: know, he's a physical specimen. Right, the number one tight end that I really recommend, and we'll talk about him tomorrow about the best undrafted team, and this guy is going undrafted right now, and really keep your eye on this guy. He's looking really good in the preseason. You all see him on hard knocks, and I think he could be a real sleeper. Also, he's, he's moving up in the rankings. i talk about the show about moving up in rankings. Darren Walker. Waller, Darren Waller. Sorry, not Walker. Yeah, he Darren. Was, he Waller. was drafted
1: by the Ravens. Yeah, yeah.
0: He's looking like he's fitting in really nice with that team, really nice with that offense. And I just think that he could. I'm not saying like top ten or break out or do crazy, but he's going undrafted. He's somebody if you want to look for like a handcuff, pick up all the waiver wire. I'm sure he's going to be probably a hot waiver wire pick at some point within the first three weeks. And if you look, last season Jared Cook ended up as a number five tight end. Yeah. Darren Waller is somebody that I'm also really paying attention to. Uh, Let's go through this quick for the last couple of minutes about the defenses because defenses obviously are something that we don't recommend you taking with your last pick. That doesn't really happen. The Chicago Bears defense, which is ranked the best defense in the NFL right now, they're going in the eighth round. We do not recommend you taking in your defense in the eighth round. Once again, it's very much like a Pat Mahomes kind of thing. The best thing about defenses, at least in my opinion, is it's a really good way to stream them. It's not very difficult. Some weeks it does get difficult. It's not that, it's not like the hardest thing to do to stream defenses, to drop one, to pick another one up, to drop one, to pick another one up. Of course, I get it. Sometimes some of these defenses act like players. I remember when the when the Denver Broncos defense was like so elite, or the Seahawks defense was so elite. These defenses were giving you like 20 points, 15 points a game. The Broncos won you a chip. Yeah, Broncos won me a chip one time. I know that was a hard <laughs> pill to swallow for, for uh I'm having uh, a, Viviani, yeah, Viviani they got I had a blonde <laughs> moment but still so it's just uh but still like there are sometimes certain defenses that give you like RB1 type numbers you know what I mean or wide receiver two type numbers so I get it but still don't do it let's just talk about these late round defenses I mean we, we go by them quick all right so we go by them, like by even pairs so Chicago Rams first two right we agree yeah Jacksonville and Baltimore the next two do we agree I have Baltimore over Jacksonville. I probably have Baltimore over Jacksonville. So yes. we have both. We have Chicago, then L.A., then Baltimore, then Jacksonville. Still going a little too high. I don't mind taking – you know, people always say, take away with your last two picks, your last two picks. That's never going to happen. I don't in even your- draft. Like, depend, if,
1: if the season starts the next day, then I'm drafting a, a, a defense. But for the most part, if you look at my rosters right now, I think one of the guys in, in in our league is like, "Hey, you don't have a defense." I'm like, "Or yeah. kicker,
0: or kicker." I'm like, "Yeah, uh, why should I even pick them up?" Because now, this is a thing for me. This is a thing for me. People always say take them with your last two picks. Like I just said earlier, because a lot of people are saying that, right? Yeah. I don't 100% agree with that because everybody in your there's you, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. in Your league that everybody is going to just pick kickers and defense with the last two picks. It's never going to happen that your whole league's doing that. So. Th- once somebody picks a Chicago Bears defense this year, someone's going to want to pick up the Rams. Oh, man, these defenses are going. All right, let me get the Baltimore Ravens out. Damn, let me get the Jacksonville, And they're going to go. They're going to fly because one person is going to make that pick, is going to see the Chicago Bears are worth the squeeze. They're going to pick that, and then everybody else is going to start dropping, and everyone else is going to panic, and they're going to start picking up defenses. Then you got to kind of go for one there. Well, I don't mind it because this is the biggest the worst thing. You don't want it to be that off the waiver of wire or your choices in defense have to be the red, the, not the reds, because they're not a bad defense. Have to be like let's say the Giants, the Dolphins, or the 49ers Have to be the defense that you have to streams. You know what I mean? They're not; those are not good defenses. Yeah, but all right, if you're in a twelve, <coughs> excuse me, if you're in a twelve team
1: league, no one's going to pick up two defense, right? So for the most part, they're picking up uh, just one, right? So you still have. A good amount of defense, uh, defense options. But what you,
0: but you, you have, but you hate to play that defense. You have twenty options still, but you hate to play that defense. That's going to give you your negative points. That's going to give you a one or two points. You want to play oh. a defense that's going to probably give you a good like eight points. All oh, honestly, right? Oh, honestly. Honesty, honesty, all oh, honesty.
1: Uh, how many? Like, what's the percentage of the of the players that you would drop, by during the season? Like what? Like thirty percent, thirty five percent.
0: What I, is the, I have no idea. I don't know.
1: what like How, how many people do you expect to be in your team by the end of the season that you draft? More than 75%. More than 75%.
0: So, just about all 75, right. Let's about seventy say 75%. I, let's say more than three quarters of my team. i say about 65%, 60%. <laughs> let's say three quarters of my team. Let's just say, I guess. Three quarters, right? So
1: three quarters of your team is going to be there, right? So you still have this 25% chance, 25% that you're going to be moving in and out. And most, for the most, like, most part, it could be a defense, right? I look at it this way. Play week by week matchup because sometimes a defense, a team surprises you on how good they are. There's always an influx of like, you know, uh, of, of defensive teams that changes during the season, you know. So, like, I'll look at the first week. I'm like, all right, Ravens versus Dolphins. Most likely Ravens already dra- drafted. But Lions versus Cardinals. You could, you could stream the Detroit Lions against
0: a rookie quarterback, Kyler Murray. And take that chance. You don't want to stream the Detroit Lions when you have David Johnson and when you have one of the rush, one of the worst run defenses in the world. You can take a chance. There's that, a, a thing though. That, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Do you really want to even take a chance, or do you want to grab a defense that there is no chances of going up anything against? You know what I mean? Like, do you want to take, do you want to take that defense that like, look, I'm, there's no chances, there's no fears. This defense is always going to kill for me. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying like, I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm not one to not pick a defense and to just stream every week. It's not the hardest thing to do. I get it, but I don't want it to be where my options out of the week, oh man, I got to play Tampa Bay or the Raiders or the Miami defense. Like, oh, like, you know, like, what, what if that week, because it, it's happened before when I'm looking at weeks and they all have bad matchups. I'm like, all right, this is the best matchup and I'm taking a chance, but you're still not comfortable with that. You know, you, aren't you, wouldn't you rather be more comfortable than just having that one defense that, you know, that's going to get you those points? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's but it's week one. It's week one. There's, but if you, know, you draft a good defense, you don't got to worry about you worry. You don't want to worry about sixteen weeks.
1: But you could have a bus of a team. You know, of think, course, you know, of course. Defense. There's always going to be two sides of it. Yes, you no. know, like you. And all in all, you don't know really how good a defense you have until they play like three weeks. In, they're, they're three no, weeks. Yeah, you know, defenses can change. You
0: what know? we're, we're, we're I guess what we're basically saying is that we're we're this a little bit, we're, we're not. We're telling you don't. We're not saying. We're saying, don't take a defense that early. I'm saying. Don't wait till the last round. You're saying just whatever. You could just scream whatever. Just look at matchups and take. uh,
1: But for you, chance.
0: But what you're saying is easier said than done. It's way easier said than done. All right. You know you're not gonna take a gamble every week on different defenses every week. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's it's.
1: Well, you you could look at the like the next three games they play and then just play the odds on way
0: easier said than done. You're thinking that like in a perfect world case scenario. I just, I just think that if you want to take a late round defense, I think the Dallas defense is very good. They're not the most difficult division. They play the giants twice. They play the Redskins twice. Uh, Eagles have a very good, you know, like offense, but still, you know, they have a good defense over there in Dallas. Dallas is a good team that you would like to look at in the 14th round. Uh, Same thing with the Philadelphia for the division wise. Uh, I also think that they're going too low. The new Orleans defense. I mean, I get it. They're kind of in a tough division offensive wise, But their defense is still really good. They do really well. You know, Like they have good cornerbacks. They have good run stopping. I like the New Orleans Saints defense. They're going really low. 14th round. I like them very well. Very, very much. Um, Buffalo, also really good defense. Not that bad. Besides the Patriots, you're not really worried about the rest of the teams in that division. You know what I mean? So Buffalo's got a pretty decent defense. I'm not mad about them with like the fifteen, six, you know, with like your second to last pick in the draft. Buffalo's a good defense I would like for you to go with, right? Yeah. Uh Cleveland I think is a little overrated. Uh still it's a little you know, there are overrated. I think that their they, defense they didn't even is a finish overrated. the
1: top 12 last season.
0: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a overrated yeah. defense, but guys I would respect for I would I would recommend though Dallas, uh Buffalo and the Saints are the ones I recommend. All right. Anything else? That's it all right party people once again thank you for tuning into our episode today follow us at bmv podcasts on twitter on instagram at bmv Podcasts. got the website www.bettermancybureau.com shout out once again the brew house legends for having me win those tickets and shout out to you party people for listening review us rate us and keep listening and subscribe to us on the website peace party people bye bye see you tomorrow